0: Welcome to the Profit Share Mastery podcast with your hosts,
1: Linda and Press McKissick.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Profit Share Mastery. I'm Linda McKissick. And I'm Press McKissick. Hey, Press. How are you, bud? I'm good. How are you doing today? Good. So I missed you. Uh, you We passed in the, in the airport probably or something. You came yeah. back from your vacation and I came back from watching your beautiful kids.
1: Yeah, my wife surprised me with a uh, week, uh, almost a week long vacation in Mexico. So we went to a place called the Secrets of Maroma or Morona, and it was uh, in- incredible. So thank you for watching my kids. <laughs> You're
0: very welcome. It was truly our joy. We had a blast.
1: So uh, what are we talking about today?
0: Uh, today we are finishing up the... our. The, the success formula for building a profit, sh- building your profit share. And we're on the, the second V. So our formula for those of you that maybe missed the first two episodes is relationship plus validity plus value or value gap of someone over time. And so, um, you know, just to recap, relationship is who do you want to be a hero to? Who do you love helping? Who gives you lots of energy if you could talk to them all day long and serve them and help them? Uh, and then validity is what validity do you have that allows someone to open a door to a relationship? Uh, it's funny, Press, I'm, now that we've kind of been using this formula for a while, I see examples everywhere that I can share. And so uh, one that happened a few weeks ago just on validity was uh, I had went to dinner with a couple that I'd never met before. And he actually has a marketing company for real estate agents. and But I'd never met him, I'd heard of the company. So after dinner, I went home and it's interesting, I lo- was looking through my email for something and I saw a bajillion emails from this guy. But until he was valid to me and I got to know him over dinner and enjoyed the conversation and felt he was valid of my time, uh, I'd never opened an email from him. So that's the, a great example of why you wanna increase and create your validity. And then, of course, the second V in our formula is what is a person's value right at this moment when I'm trying to do business with them or I'm trying to recruit them or I'm trying to get them to sell their house with me or buy a house with me? And um, what is their biggest, val- uh, biggest, uh, biggest value to them right currently or what is their biggest value gap that I can uncover and identify? Because I'm going to then take based on our formula and drop things into those that value gap and create a very strong motivator that most people don't realize is called reciprocity or beholdenness. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're gonna talk today about how to figure out what someone's what is of value to them. And I always like to tell the story press that if people had been trying to recruit me to Keller Williams uh, early on and they didn't really understand me or know me very well and know what my true value gap at that moment was, they would have tried to sell me on the immediate eighty-something thousand I would save immediately by joining Keller Williams because I had paid that company $100,000 that year to be there. But that would have been the wrong thing because that wasn't my highest value at that moment. Now, it would become later, but really I had decided I was going to build a brand and a name in Denton, Texas, that when people thought of real estate, they thought of me. And every time I tried to do that, my company kept putting a roadblock in front of me. And so really what you would have needed to help me self-discover is that Keller Williams really is the place if you want to build a brand, because they believe you're the brand and all their documents support that, and they support you in being the brand. And so that's why I always say it's very important to truly understand, don't assume. You know, Zig Ziglar said it best when he says, you get everything you want in life if you'll just go help enough other people get what it is they want. And the key part of that is what do they want? Not what do I think they want, assume they want. You know, what do I want? So therefore you must want it, you know? And I think that's what we tend to do.
1: Yeah, and you know, Linda, you said something a minute ago, you said uh, the word self-discovery. And we've talked about that on this. And I think it's honestly in in everything that we teach, I always come back to this point. It's, it is like the one key principle, I think in my life that if I get better at helping people self-discover, um, then, you know, again, I'll get what I want. They'll win bigger, whatever. Right. So self-discovery, I think it's important for us to remind everyone when Linda says self-discovery, what she's talking about, or there's, there's three ways to help people self-discover, right? Cause like Linda always says, can't make a buyer buy a seller, seller, an agent joining company, join a company that want to join. You self-discover through either questions, uh, great questions. Number two would be stories. And number three would be experiences.
0: Right. And, and right. The, the, the great stories make people really take time and think, which normally we don't slow down long enough to really think. Uh, and then the stories are ones where someone can see themselves in that person's story. You know, for example, I always love when a person tries to use the excuse to me that they're just too old to try a new opportunity, or too old to build wealth, or too old to, you know, add team members, or whatever. I always tell the story of Mo Anderson, how she lost everything at, in her late 50s, I think 57 or 58, and I always tell that story how, thankfully, she didn't think that way, because she came back even bigger and stronger than she ever had in the first 57 years, and so I think, you know, Understanding enough stories that people can see themselves in those stories—that's a key part about the stories that you that you share
1: with people. Uh, You know, Linda, I think with um, uh, value or value gaps, I think the best place to start um, is—and you said earlier—you said it's it's not about what you think is important to them; it's about what they want. So, I would, as it relates to this topic, I would say the first place you have to start with what am I trying to do here with understanding someone's value gaps? You start from the place of what do they want? What's important to them? And remember, people are motivated by one of two things. They're either motivated by gain or they're motivated by pain. Mm -hmm. And so some agents are gonna come from a place of, I love this idea of growing a team. So I, I wanna go, I wanna learn how to grow a team or I wanna learn how to hire my first assistant, right? They're doing it from a place of, they're looking and they've seen other people be successful. They see what could be possible and that gets them excited. Other people, Linda, and we talk to these people a lot because I think a lot of people move more from pain probably than they do from Mm -hmm. gain. And those people are are needing a change because of something painful in their life. And I think you're a good example of that. When you were making a move, would you say, Linda, that you were making it out of pain or out of gain? Because at least in the times I've heard you tell, it feels like maybe there's a little bit of both. But I think there's definitely roadblocks that they kept putting up and you kept hitting your head against the wall. And that had to have been frustrating.
0: Right. Yeah, I think, you know, I would say overall, probably pain would be a stronger motivator for me. Um, And I guess because, um, you know, I kind of just if I want something, I go after it. So I've never been able to, you know, use that as a motivating tool for me because, I'll just go get it or do it or whatever. Whereas when I think about what the things I want to move away from, you know, uh, someone asked me the other day uh, in an interview, "What what is one of your greatest fears? And I said, honestly, one of my greatest fears is growing old and not being able to take care of myself, being a burden on my kids or my family or, you know, or someone else. And so I don't know why that's a motivator for me, but it is. And again, that's, that's one of fear. And I think that's why I'm so adamant about, teaching wealth building and building wealth is because I don't feel like I I want to leave that burden on any of my children or anybody else. I want to have thought through that stuff and prepared financially to have the
1: right assistance and help when the, when the time is needed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think, you know, again, coming from the place of, you know, what do they want? Um, most people in business are running towards one of two things, either running, a, running, I would say running towards one of two things, Linda, time or money. Yeah. I think you can pretty much lump most everything into those two categories. Um, And I always, it's funny when we teach this, this is the part that I feel like most people get hung up on. They don't know what to ask. They don't know what to do. Um, And I always, you know, I like to say the first thing you should probably do to help you get comfortable with this process is sit down. And I want you to ask the question, what do you want? What are your, what are your gaps that you have in your business right now as an, as, a, as an agent, right? And I want you to just sit down and maybe write out a few bullet points of what those would be. Some of them, uh, common ones, Linda, that we hear a lot <clears throat> would be leverage, uh, needing more leverage, right? You, you've got more money than you have time <laughs> and you want to free up more of your time. So leverage is a big one. Um, if you're a, a lesser producer, your biggest pain is probably going to be leads listings, I think we I think right now we can all answer listings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What else, Linda, what else would you say are some of the big key when you think about kind of the overarching value gaps? What are the big ones that stand out to you that we hear? No, I would
0: say besides what you said of leverage, like of your time, I would say leverage of your money, realizing that, you know, I could sell houses for the next 30 years and I won't have anything yeah, left if I don't do something differently. So I would say probably exit strategies or wealth building would, would be another one. Um, you know, opportunity. I think, and I think the opportunity definitely is one uh, that was definitely, you know, one I didn't even realize I had that someone else helped me un- uncover. And I think that's the thing is, um, you know, I-, I love the idea of using what you need Cause I'm, I'm one of those that I realized real early on, we all only got 24 hours. So I got to figure out how to be super effective with those 24. Well, one way you could do this, because I think a lot of people don't build their profit share because they think it's either, or either I got to spend time on building my business, or I got to spend time on profit share. And we always say it's, and so I like using something you need, because if you need it, you can use your time to go discover it for yourself and at the same time find other people who need what it is you need and and share it with them and you've not taken up any extra time, none whatsoever. So an example I always give of this is if someone's value or value gap at this moment was they really needed to lead generate more and you need to lead generate more, then setting a time to lead generate Uh, Or sharing any tips or tricks that you've learned about lead generation would be the little things I drop in the value gap. And then when I created enough beholdenness to ask them to take a bigger step with me, the bigger step would be to come shadow me while I lead generate. And uh, what I always like to say about that is, you know, no, you won't be perfect, but they'll get a lot of value out of whatever you are because no one's willing to open their curtain and show that. Uh, insides of their business like that. And so anyone that gets to shadow you or be a part of that would appreciate it. And you'll be better because of it, because of the accountability and the extra pressure because someone's going to actually watch you that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Linda, I think um, this is the area in most, when most people, you know, build relationships and are working on those relationships that, you know, to help uh, bring those people over to KW. I think this is where most people switch um, uh, into the sell KW mode. And Mm -hmm. what they don't realize is, and I I love this point, I've watched you on many recruiting appointments, I've been on many recruiting appointments, and not once do we bring up KW. Mm -hmm. Almost very, very rarely, if ever. And it's only from a place of uh, they've brought it up enough that it's the right time to bring in KW. And I think part of that is because it's not about KW, right? It's about helping them get where they want to go. And uh, you, we do it from a place of a consultative approach. It's more, it's more like a, a coach or a consultant uh, than it is sell and tell, right? Or a friend, you know.
0: I think, you know, if you just kind of realize you probably, you know, you've got to get out of your mind that you're doing something to someone because that that's where the pressure comes in to sell or get excited about KW. When you really drop into this place where I'm just building real estate relationships with other real estate agents and I'm coming from a place of curiosity and contribution, uh, you can you don't worry about all those other things. As long as you're mentally still thinking, oh, I got to recruit this person, I got to recruit this person, I got to recruit this person. You can't recruit this person. It's not possible. They have to self-discover. I always like to tell the story about when I brought the first group of people I brought to meet Gary Keller, nobody knew who Gary Keller was. He hadn't done anything yet. And nobody knew who Keller Weebs was because it wasn't anybody yet. They came because we had built a relationship with them, we had validity, and we said to them, look, I know you have been struggling in this area, come listen to this guy. And once they got there, they self-discovered, man, this guy's smart, and he probably has the answers to a lot of our value gaps and so when I look back and I think about it that way, and if we could move our th- thoughts to that way press, I think it would take the pressure off of feeling like you've got to say something magical at the right time or it's about Keller Williams and it's just not,
1: it never is. Yeah, Linda, when I hear you say that, what it makes me think of is you, you are on a journey to build a bigger, better life mm-hmm. and you're just inviting people along with you. I think so. so many of us right now, um, we're so connected, we're disconnected because of the internet and all that, and just everything, social media that we don't actually, you know, we feel like our lives are on enough display and we don't invite people along the journey with us. And I think that's one of the secrets of what you did is you had already invested in some relationships and you were going, you were on a mission to go somewhere. You happen to have, be in relationships with other people who are trying to go to the same place. And you found a good solution for that. And you just invited people to come along with you and explore it.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point, press and what they self-discovered when they came alongside me is a lot of my success was because of things that KW offered. Mm -hmm. So that's when it becomes about Keller Williams, when they look up and they self-discover, wow, there's some amazing tools and some amazing people here that I can get there faster and a heck of a lot more enjoyable with the culture and the partnerships and the people and the tools than anywhere else, you know? And, um, and I think that's the magical spot where KW becomes part of it. Not me telling them all that, but them self-discovering that, wow, really a lot of this is because she happened to come alongside a great company that has great tools to help you do that.
1: Yeah. Linda, let's um, let's kind of get a little more tactical because we've taught this class enough times. We know the first question that everyone wants to know in this when we get to this part is, okay, this sounds great. Um, you know, how do I? But how do I start a conversation? How do I even get to the opportunity to ask them questions or to tell them stories or to bring them to an experience? I need to. I need help getting into relationship, right? So let's remind them. What are your two favorite ways to get into a relationship with any agent?
0: Uh, well, I always say there's two things that people never mind more of. One is a compliment that's genuine and real and authentic. Uh, and that's the key words there has to be genuine, real, and authentic. Can't make this stuff up. And the other one is to to be asked what their thoughts or their input are, because uh, I teach fierce conversations and I try to teach it a couple, at least a couple of times a year, because it's just such a powerful, powerful class. And, um, One of the things that's so impactful is there is a guy from GE took the course one time and he said, you know, for 35 years, GE had my hands and for free, they could have had my head. And that sticks in my mind that who are the people around me that have great ideas and thoughts and I'm not asking them what they think, you know, and so um, my two favorite ways are a compliment that's genuine, real and authentic and uh, ask them their thoughts or their input. Because I think people, well, Oprah said that in all her years of interviewing people, she said the number one desire that people have is to be understood, not just interpreted. And I think you do that by asking people and genuinely listening, um, you know, to, to what they have to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So, um, Linda, once, once you kind of get into the conversation and, you know, you either give them a compliment or you're asking their opinion about something. The next question that always comes up is, okay, well, then how do you pivot to getting some of their value gaps, the things that they need, whatever's motivating them right now? And then do I solve it right there? Do I not? What's what's the kind of the, the game plan here? So yeah. why don't we talk a little bit around some of the, like the overview, the strategy, and then let's go into some of the questions.
0: Okay. So con in Spanish means with. So it's not me asking them, drilling them with a bajillion questions because that's versation or me just talking the whole time. That's versation. What it is, is I throw enough in that it's literally, truly a conversation. Right. But I don't hog the conversation. I don't try to talk more than them. I try to let them talk 80 to 90 percent of the time me to talk 10 percent or less but I will throw things in so that it is genuinely a conversation. So one of the things I love to ask people is what's one of your biggest challenges you got right now out of curiosity, you know, and I'll usually put a compliment and asking them their input together. I'll say, you know, I respect you in the industry. You've been doing this a while. I know you, you know, you're, you're out there and out and about and you really see what's going on. I'm just curious from where you're sitting, what, what, what's the biggest challenge you see right now for your business? Or, or for reaching your goals or going to the next level. And I just shut up and listen. And if they happen to not really, you know, you know, if, it, if I feel like I need to, I will say, I know for me, if, if, if they're struggling or whatever, uh, or I just don't feel like I'm getting the, the genuine answer from them, then I'll say, I know for me right now, the biggest challenge is X. And I'll truly throw in what my big challenge is. And whatever they tell me, I don't try to solve it on that phone call. Uh, Really, the whole discovery, the whole phone call is to try to get as many of their value gaps listed down as I possibly can, because now I go back and I start researching what little things could I drop into that value gap just to offer them, to give them value and help them with what their need is right now. And as I do that, um, people are beholden. They appreciate someone. And then as I do that, they'll also go back to wherever they are and they'll go, gosh, nobody over here cares Nobody over here asks me what's what my challenges are. Nobody over here offers this little tool or whatever. And then when I feel like I've created enough beholdenness, I'll ask them to do a big step. And by the way, none of these things are anything that's not of extra super good value to them. So I'm not asking them to do anything that's all about me. I'm asking them to do things that's good for them. So in this particular case, you know, I might say, if the person said, you know, their number one issue is I need to I need to figure out how to get the right people in the right spots, then when I get ready and I've built enough beholdenness, I might ask them to take a big step like attend our career visioning course. Now that's all value for them, right? But it's a place where they can do the third thing in self-discovery, which is experientially understand us better. You know, I always, I got, I stole this saying actually press from your school Baylor when you went to Baylor and we sat down in that room originally in your business department And the lady stood up at the podium and she said this about Baylor, from the outside looking in, we're hard to understand. And from the inside looking out, we're hard to explain. I thought, oh my God, she just explained Keller Williams. So I stole it. Mark Willis then used it from the platform. And now I have plaques all over the place that that remind me that from the outside looking in, we're hard to understand. And from the inside looking out, we're hard to explain. So let's don't try. Let's let them experience who we are. You know, a good example I just gave people recently is, You know, we just had Red Day. If you've got an agent that's on your list of relationships you want to build, then instead of tell them about Red Day, why don't you invite them to Red Day? People move faster if they're going to move or if they're moving closer to joining us. They move faster once they experientially get stuff.
1: So my goal is to get them to that place. And Linda, if an agent says no to attending Red Day, You've still won because how? Think about how you feel when someone cares enough about you to invite you to something. Yeah. When you when you feel personally invited to something, I don't care if it's a, if it's something you want to attend or not want to attend. The yes or a no, uh, there's a piece of you that is thankful for that act. Yeah, and so whether they I, know or not is irrelevant. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and you don't get hung up on that. I'll just go back to the little things again until I'm ready to ask for another big ask. And here's the thing, Press. Um, you know, I'd probably send them a picture from Red Day and say, sorry, you couldn't be here. We missed you. This was a really great, rewarding time. And I know you would have enjoyed that because you're such a giver or whatever. And I would just, you know, and then I would move on because, um, you know, just the thought of thinking of them, you don't know what that's actually doing. It's still creating that
1: beholdenness so that eventually they will say yes to a big step more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. And Linda, to go back for a second, you were talking about um, the conversation, right? It's got to be a con, meaning there's two two way conversation. The thing we say all the time in our courses, um, you have to be both interested and interesting in the conversation, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yes, and and I think that's where people get nervous. And I think this is where the more you do this, the easier it's going to be for that because um, you're not standing around the corner waiting to say, gotcha, come to Keller Williams. You're not doing that. You're genuinely building a relationship, offering your assistance and help into things that are of value to them and is their biggest value gap. And then we haven't talked about time. We'll talk about that next time. When the time is right, they'll come. When they self-discover that they need to be here to to get to their dreams and goals faster then that's when they'll come. And so that's the part we can't control.
1: Everyone's favorite part of the equation. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Awesome. All right, well Linda, we're going to have to save I know we wanted to go into questions, but we're going to we're going to save that for a future podcast because honestly, I think we can go into questions for the whole time.
0: Yeah, oh, true. And I think there's several pieces here like we could give some more ideas around starting a conversation, ideas to look for, those kind of things. So, I think we got plenty of future podcasts for us. And so, uh, remember, if you haven't yet done it, please hit subscribe. Uh, and we would love this if you'd pass this podcast along to a fellow Keller Williams agent. This is exclusive to Keller Williams because of profit share. And so, pass this along to anyone at Keller Williams, maybe your whole downline, uh, and let us help you help them uh, think about and focus on building wealth through profit share while you're changing lives. I know press as a child of someone who has built profit share, I'm sure you would have been very upset had you got to Keller Williams and figured out that there is a thing is called profit share that's willable to your heirs. And I had done nothing with it.
1: Yeah. I'm thankful every day. Now uh, the reality is Linda's probably going to outlive me because she's so dang healthy. So I think Amelia and Adeline might be the recipients.
0: <laughs> yes, they probably will be anyway.
1: <laughs> They're you.
0: Press, thank you. I'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, see you soon.